Welcome to Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people at Summit Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. We gather each week in the heart of St. Paul on historic Summit Avenue, where our mission is to create rhythm, opportunity, and location where people like you can have life-changing experiences with God. Our podcast is one of those locations. As followers of Christ, we are doing our best to be on mission, disciple others, deliver hope, and champion this city. At any point in your journey with us today, if you want to take a next step or you just want to stay in the loop with everything going on at Summit, just grab your phone and simply text the phrase, be known, all one word, be known to the number 651-360-2908. We will send you a short form that makes it super easy for you to complete. There's always new opportunities to mention and new ways that you can get involved. One of the rhythms that is important to following Jesus and important to us at Summit is studying scripture. As we study the Bible, we can have one, hope, two, find guidance, three, be corrected, and four, receive truth into our lives. Listen in and lean in with us wherever you are, open up God's word, and hear this week's message. Well, good morning and welcome to Summit Church. Uh, For those of you who are maybe newer, Uh, or haven't been around a while. Uh, I am Pastor Brandon. I am one of the pastors here on staff at Summit. I help oversee some of our operations. I'm also in charge of our tech booth and making sure everything's running smoothly on a Sunday morning. So if you don't necessarily recognize me, it's because on a Sunday morning, I'm in the tech booth, I'm running around, I'm I'm doing all the things. Um, But this week, I get the privilege to be up here and share with you guys as we continue in our series, uh, Be Fruitful, talking about the fruits of the Spirit. Um, Pastor Eric is currently away. He is out on tour with Toby Mack. Um, they're actually going to be in town on Thursday on Leap Day. Um, so that's going to be cool. Uh, well, it's, it's nice to have him home for a, for a hot minute. Uh, Pastor Chad is out preaching uh, with some type of youth retreat, I believe, uh, that he had committed to a while ago. Uh, So I get the privilege to be up here. So over the past four weeks, we have been in a series called Be Fruitful, where we've been just sort of diving through the fruits of the Spirit. So far, we've talked about love, joy, peace, and patience. If you've missed any of those, I would love to encourage you to go and check those out on our podcast. It's called Summit Life in the Valley. You can find it where... uh, you find your podcast. I know we've got them on Apple Podcasts. They're on Spotify Podcasts. Basically, anywhere you find a podcast, we've uploaded our podcast on there. It's a really good way, uh, if you've missed a message, to catch up because we have those posted. Uh, like So today's message I will have posted tomorrow at some point. It'll be up and live on our podcast. Uh, but if you've missed a message, that's a great way to catch up. If you just wanted to re-listen to a message, like Pastor Naomi's awesome message last week on patience, that is a great way to go and check that out. You can also go to our YouTube page. We have recordings of our messages there. Those ones are usually about a week delayed. Um, But those are the options, so you can go and check those out at any time. We love to have that resource available to you. Uh, That way you can just stay in the know and know what's going on. And if you miss a message, no, you didn't. You have a way to check it out. Um, So I get the privilege to continue in this series, and I get to talk about kindness. So my first question for you is, who is the kindest person you know, right? Raise your hand. Does everybody know somebody who's kind? If you don't, uh, look around, because we've got plenty of kind people in here. The fact that our three-minute 33 
lasts at least five minutes shows you we've got a lot of kind people here. Um, but for me, I would have to say that the kindest person that I know, now I know a lot of kind people, but one of the kindest people that I know and sort of my model for kindness is my grandpa. I call him Pawpaw. Um, he is the model for kindness. And I have so many stories of him showing kindness to other people, uh, but I have one that I just really love to show, uh, share in particular, mainly because it's a little bit funny. Uh, but uh, we were really close with my grandparents, uh, my grandpa, my cousins. We all lived pretty close together. So over the summers, we would spend a lot of time with my grandparents. Uh, my grandpa had a giant Astro van, you know, those big old block vans. So he could carry all of the grandkids. Well, we were out in some type of trip. I can't even remember what we were doing or where we were going. But uh, we were driving down the highway, and then all of a sudden, my grandpa sees a guy on the side of the street stranded, car broken down. And so my grandpa decides to stop and help this gentleman out, which is fine. That's great. Uh, I was in the back seat, and I like to fidget anyways. You can ask my wife. You can ask anybody who knows me. I just like to fidget. Uh, so I was in the back seat, and I had already grabbed from the back seat a tire iron. And I was just sitting there, and I was just playing with it in my hands and just minding my own business. But when we had this guy get into the van, there was no way I was putting that down. I was, I'm ready for anything. I am going to protect my family and my cousins at any means necessary. Uh, but really, I was just playing with it. Um, my grandpa takes a look in the, in the rearview mirror and he didn't say anything at the time because he didn't want to scare this random gentleman that he'd picked up. Uh, but after we had gotten the gentleman taken care of, and it actually is a weird, weird situation where my grandpa somehow knew this guy through a roundabout way. My grandpa knew everybody in the town that we were at somehow or another. Uh, so it was cool. It was a good connection. But as soon as we dropped this guy off and got him taken care of, my grandpa was like, Brandon, what were you doing? Why did you have that tire and iron? And I'm like, I was just playing with it. Um, but my grandpa would always do stuff like that. He would just go out of his way to show kindness, to help somebody out if, if they were in need. Um, I did give up playing with tire irons, fortunately. Uh, I still have them on hand just in case I need to change a tire, uh, but you don't have to worry about me sitting in the back of my car playing with a tire iron anymore. Um, so when you think about kindness, it is easy to identify a kind person, right? Uh, I think we'd all be able to say that. But for me, it can be hard to like actually truly understand. Like we can point to a kind person and be like, yes, they're kind. But if you ask like, what makes them kind, can you actually define what kindness is? Uh, I find it really hard. So I'm like, all right, what is kindness? Let's go to the dictionary. So I open up the dictionary, I go to, well, online, I go to Merriam-Webster's online, and the definition of kindness is the quality or state of being kind. I'm like, great. I'm really going to have to work for this message this week. I got to find a good definition of kindness that doesn't involve the word kind. All right. So my next thought was, okay, let's go the good old, good old pastor route. Let's look at the Greek word. All right, so I'm like, let's go. I go into our core text of Galatians 5, 22 through 23 and figure out that the Greek word we see is krestatis. Now, I am not a Greek scholar at all. I just know how to use Google and the resources God has given me. Um, but according to Strong's concordance, 
The Greek word is defined as usefulness, morality, excellence in character or demeanor, gentleness, goodness, kindness. Okay. <laughs> Gives me a little bit more, but not, not a whole lot. It's still saying kindness is kindness, which we all know, right? So I just, I had to start digging a little bit more and more and more. And as I was doing my research for this message, I started to come to this conclusion that kindness, much like any of the other fruits of the spirits that we've been talking about, it's found in our actions. It's not necessarily a definition, but these fruits of the spirit are found in our actions. So when I think about showing kindness to others, my mind instantly goes to the golden rule. Who knows what the golden rule is? Everybody, hopefully. Uh, I, I grew up in church. I went to Royal Rangers. Uh, if you don't know what Royal Rangers was, it's basically church Boy Scouts. Um, I still have my cut and chop card, if you know what, if you know what that is, uh, somewhere in one of my wallets. Uh, but we had all of these life mottos, and one of them was always we'd talk about the golden rule, which we actually get from Matthew 7, 12. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. And this is an instruction by Jesus that I think is a great benchmark for telling us what kindness is. So throughout this passage, it might be a little bit hidden, but there are two entities where we need to be kind to, and that's what I really want to touch on today. The first one is going to be kindness to ourselves, or sorry, kindness to others, and then the next one is kindness to ourselves. The kindness to ourselves is a little bit hidden in there, and we'll have to dig into this a little bit, but first we're going to talk about the kindness to others. So in the book of Luke, Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he responds, responds with, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, so he, Jesus sums up all of the commandments in those two things, which is essentially saying love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, and now you might be thinking, well, we already talked about love. Yes, we did. But we also show kindness by showing love. Um, and so after he gives this instruction and this statement, he follows up with telling this parable about a really great example in my mind of what kindness is. So if you have your Bible and you want to turn with me, we're going to go to Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 35. Uh, and this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. We read, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the young man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Okay, so not kind, right? Uh, a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Again, not another kind action. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. He put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you for the, for the next time I'm here. The Good Samaritan showed kindness 
by taking care of this beaten man. You see, as I look at this and I look at other stories of kindness throughout the Bible and just kindness in my life, I begin to realize and I came to this conclusion uh, for, for, I feel like, what's a pretty solid definition for kindness, which is kindness is a type of behavior marked by acts of generosity, consideration, rendering assistance, or concern for others without expecting praise or reward in return. Now, the first part of that definition is pretty easy. Like, it's, it's pretty common to be like, oh, it's, it's, it's easy to do something nice for somebody else, to do something generous. Uh, but I feel like the true heart of kindness comes in that last part, where it's without expecting any praise or reward in return. And that can be challenging. Um, when we do something for somebody else to, uh, to do it, just do it to do it, not to, not to expect anything else. Like, oh, I got you, you'll get me back later. Um, that's, you know, the heart of kindness is doing that without expecting anything in return. So the question I have is, how can we show kindness to others this week? Um, just think about it. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to this in a little bit. Now, the second part of my message here is talking about kindness to ourselves. Uh, you know, because what happens when we aren't kind to ourselves? You know, it's, it's really hard to pour out and to be kind to others if you're not showing yourself kindness. You can't give what you don't have. So how can we love and be kind to our neighbors if we aren't loving and kind to ourselves? Many times I find I am my own toughest critic. You know, later this week I'll probably look back at this message and be like, oh, I could have done this better, I could have done this better, I could have done this better. Um, but that's not, that's not being kind to ourselves, not, not being kind to myself. We are our toughest critic. So when we see our mistakes, we beat ourselves up for over it, we look at the person in the mirror and we just don't like what we see. All we see are our mistakes or our failures. And then we start to grow disappointed. And then you're walking around in this mopey attitude and when you're in this mopey attitude, it, you, you can't be kind. So what do you do when you get disappointed in yourself? Well, first of all, it's important to get out of your head. Stop listening to the lies that are running through your head, the lies that the enemy is telling you. Uh, and start listening to what God is telling you. Well, what is God telling us? The first thing God is telling us is that you are good. And we are hearing this and we see this all the way at the back of the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. After all creation, God creates everything. God creates man. And he, he looks back over all of his creation and he says that he saw it and it was very good. Right? We are created in the image of God. We are good. God made us good. So don't forget that. Even in the times where you fail, God made you good. Yes, you may have failed, but we, we, like to have, we have a saying here on staff, we don't fail just to fail. We fail forward, right? You take that failure and you learn from it and you move on. The next thing that you need to know is that you are loved. Right? In John 3, 1, see how much our Father loves us for he calls us his children and that is what we are. We are children of God. God loves us. The whole Bible, if you look at it, is a love story about God loving us. So keep that in mind. You are loved, not only by God, but by the people around you, by your family, by your friends, by people here sitting in the same row as you. That's what church community is for, 
Church community is love and loving each other and caring for each other. The next point is you have a purpose, right? When we, when we see our failures, when we start to get disappointed in ourselves, we start to think, gosh, I don't have a purpose. Like, what, what am I even doing here? Well, in Jeremiah 29, 11, I'm sure most of you know this one. Uh, it's a very, very common phrase, but for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And yes, when, when this was written, this was to the Jewish people as they were in captivity in Babylon, but that promise is still true to us today. Uh, you know, in some ways, in your failure, you might find yourself in captivity in Babylon, but know that God has a plan and a promise for your life, and it's a plan for good, for a future, and a hope. So when, you are, when, when you're feeling bad, when you are not feeling kind to yourself, what can you do to show yourself kindness? The first thing you can do is forgive yourself. You don't have to hold on to it. God doesn't hold on to it. We don't have to either. You just got to let it go. I know it's a lot harder, <laughs> harder to do than said, right? Uh, my family used to call me bulldog because I would hold on to things so tight. I would not let it go. But you got to forgive yourself and start to let go. Another thing that you can do is just do something that you love, right? Uh, there's not some, like, magical potion or, like, formula to do to get out of, to get out of a funk. Um, but one thing that I found to help me get out of those times where I'm not being kind to myself is just finding something that I love to do, whether that's playing a game with my daughter or, for me, a lot of times, too, uh, is music. Uh, if I'm really feeling down and I'm alone at the church, I'll just come into the sanctuary and either play a little bit on the piano or just go back to the drum set and just let everything out through drums. Uh, just, but it's finding something that you love. If you, if you love to run, go out for a run. If you love to lift weights, lift weights. If you love to cook, cook. I love to cook too, it's great. Um, another way to show yourself kindness is just to take care of yourself. Um, get out, do things. Exercise, even if you hate to exercise. When, you, when you're in better health, it's a lot easier to be yourself in kindness. So now that we have an idea of what kindness is and how we can show it to others and ourselves, the next question is, how can we cultivate kindness? Like, what can we do to continue to build that kindness? And for me, ultimately, it comes down to looking for the opportunities. They're all around. Uh, whether it's the person standing on the corner of the street, whether it's a neighbor that you, that you know is struggling, uh, somebody sitting right next to you, just look for those opportunities and ask yourself. One thing that you could ask yourself is WWGD, what would grandpa do, right? Like when, I, when I'm looking for kindness, I would go and like, okay, what would my grandpa do in this situation? He would stop and help the person who is broken down on the side of the road. Another way that you could figure that out is ask the good old WWJD, what would Jesus do, right? I remember when I was a kid, we had all those bracelets. Those were like super big when I was a kid. I had like six of those WWJD bracelets. Um, but it's a good benchmark for kindness. Ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Because Jesus is the model that God gave us for being kind. When you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, Everything he did was kind. Zacchaeus up in a tree, he stopped, and he went to dinner with him. 
the, the, the lady who was struggling with internal bleeding who reached out and touched his hem, he showed compassion and he loved. Jesus is that benchmark and our model for kindness. So as I'm closing, yes, we are, I'm, I'm closing. I'm, I'm pretty short-spoken. Uh, we're going to be out here before 11.15, which is a pretty good record for, for church if, you, if you've been around. Um, but my, my closing challenge for you today is to look for ways to practice kindness, both to yourself and to others. Now, for practicing kindness to others, uh, we have a thing that we like to encourage everybody to do here at Summit. It's once a month, you go out for one cup of coffee with somebody that you don't know, or, and you go out to dinner with somebody that you do know. Now, when you practice those, when you go out those, uh, just really pay attention, especially if you're taking somebody out for coffee that you don't know. Like, yes, get the pleasantries aside, the small talk, how's it going, you know, the weather, snow coming, or early spring, whatever you want to choose. But once you get past that, start to really ask those questions and think and figure out, okay, is there a need that this person has, whether it's spoken or unspoken, that I can fulfill? Even if it's just as simple as paying for their cup of coffee for that meeting. Um, but it could also be helping them out with groceries. Uh, if they need help with a car, either see if you can help fix, like help them with an oil change, or just do what you can to help them in the situation that they're at. So that is my challenge for you. Look for ways to be kind, kind to others and kind to yourself. Let's pray. Dear God, we just, we thank you for this day. And uh, we just thank you for, for everything that you've blessed us with. God, as we go out from this service today, God, I just pray that you would open our eyes to see, see the things around us and see the ways that we can show kindness to to people around us, God. Help us be the hands and feet of Jesus, showing kindness everywhere we go, pointing people to you. And God, we just thank you so much. I pray that you'd go with us and bring us back safely uh, next week or midweek. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. To help you apply the truth found in scripture, we always like to ask three questions. What did you learn about God? What did you learn about yourself? How are you going to apply what the Holy Spirit is speaking through Scripture to your life? We hope that helps bring clarity for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life in the Valley, the podcast of the people of Summit Church. Join us in person sometime as we gather as a church on Summit Avenue. Or join us here at our podcast again, or virtually at our online encounter each week. Before you go, though, Pastor Eric is going to give you a special invitation and share just part of his heart for you, the culture, and a little bit about the people of Summit Church. Hey, Pastor Eric Samuel Tim here. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Let me first say, our city of St. Paul is absolutely amazing. I encourage you to explore all the history it has to offer. And you need to know this, Summit Church has been a part of that history, along with so many amazing churches. Speaking specifically about the people of Summit, well, we've been gathering here since about 1932. And my hope that this would not just be a rich history, 
but it would be our forward legacy. History is a thing of the past, but legacy makes way for the future. So where are we going? That's a good question. Our vision is simple, to see all people of St. Paul and beyond living as disciples of Christ, people full of hope, fully known, and actively loving one another, living a spirit-led life. Our mission is also simple, to provide rhythm, location, and opportunity where you can have a life-changing experience with God. Journey within the diversity to do these three things, become disciples of Jesus, to deliver hope, and to champion this city. That is where we are going. That is what we're doing. So where are you going? Maybe that's a good question for you. What are your next steps? I would encourage you to join one of our monthly expeditions. The expedition is a simple experience where you can find out more about who you are in Christ, who Summit Church is, what are we doing around here, and how you can play a part. It's less than a two-hour commitment for your whole month. We also feed you some amazing food and even provide childcare. So the question is, where will we go? Maybe we're on a journey following Jesus together. And I got a hunch, we just might not be us without you. We'll see you at the summit where we prepare for life in the valley.